On this week's episode of Cultivating Her Space, I think it's really important to confront the behavior because it leads back to that confidence. When we speak up for ourselves and we let them know we're on to them, they often end up finding a new victim because they know, crap, I can't play this game with her, right? Like I got to do this with someone else. Today's episode is sure to provide you with motivation, inspiration, or a fresh perspective. If you have any aha moments or appreciate anything from this episode, please leave us a review to let us know we're on the right track. Also, we release episodes every Friday, so be sure to subscribe on iTunes and visit cultivatingherspace.com to access our exclusive after show and other bonus content from the Patreon tab. Welcome to Cultivating Her Space, a podcast dedicated to uplifting women like you. We're your hosts, Dr. Dominique Broussard, a college professor and psychologist, and Terry Lomax, a techie and motivational speaker. In a world where Black women are often misrepresented and misunderstood, please join us as we initiate authentic conversations on everything from fibroids to fake friends and create a safe space where Black women can just be. Hey lady, it's Terry here from the Cultivating Her Space podcast. I'm hosting a free podcasting masterclass where I'm going to teach you how to create your impactful podcast and how you can generate multiple streams of income. You can visit podcastwithterry.com to register for free. I hope to see you there. All right. So our quote of the day, the ways you have learned to survive may not be the ways you wish to continue to live. And that quote comes to us from Dr. Tama Bryant Davis. And I'm going to say that again for the people in the back. The ways you have learned to survive may not be the ways you wish to continue to live. Ooh. Nazi. If this lady, if this is your first time ever listening to one of our episodes, I just want to note that this is the part two or a continuation of a conversation we had in our previous episode where we talked about identifying gaslighting, red flags, and manipulation. But I think this quote really grounds us in someone who's ready to make a change. So T, when you hear this quote, what what comes up for you? Well, one time, I think you touched on something really powerful. This quote can ground us in making a change and also stepping into our power. I often struggle with the word victim because although I have experienced situations in which I was victimized, I don't consider myself to be a victim. And so when I hear this quote, it reminds me of ways in which I adopt a certain behaviors, mindsets, perspectives that served me in an environment where I was being traumatized or I was being abused Mm. and how even when I was far removed from that situation, like I grew up in an abusive household, right? And lady, this is your first time listening to the episode. Hey girl, it's about to get real. Okay. (laughs) You got to go tune into our previous episodes for more context on our stories. But long story short is being raised in an abusive household it 
gave me an opportunity to adopt certain behaviors. And even when I moved out of that environment, I continued to exercise in the in those ways, right? So for instance, one might be being very timid. The environment I grew up in, I had to be timid to be safe. But in a work meeting or in a school environment, being timid didn't serve me, right? So it just reminds me of how we can step into our power and the importance of checking in with ourselves to see, hmm, does what I do today, does that still serve me? Why do I do this? Where did I get this from? And do I need to reevaluate and, and adopt new skills to serve me based on where I am today? That was a mouthful, but what yeah. about you? What do you no. think about when you hear this quote? Yeah, I exactly what you just said, right? That like when you are entering into new spaces, you are changing dynamics, you are changing environments. And when you are growing and evolving in who you are as a person, some things may no longer serve you. And so what you did previously may have been, you may have been living in survivor mode. And when you are growing and evolving and changing environments and spaces, you may move into an area or a period of life where you want to thrive. And so if that's what you're wanting to do, I mean, like, I feel like this quote, like kind of embodies that, right. It's like an encouraging that, that like how you learn to previously survive served its purpose, but that's not how you want to live anymore. And so as Sam Cook says, change is going to come. Change is going to come by any means necessary. Okay. So lady, we want to give you a quick recap of what we covered in last week's episode, which is all about gaslighting, red flags, and manipulation. You definitely want to check that out. We talked about love bombing. We talked about boundaries. We talked about how to actually stand up to, right, and approach the gaslighter or manipulator and like things that you can actually say in the moment. And today we really want to focus on standing your ground with gaslighters and really talk a bit about how this journey really begins with self. Right. Like it begins with your relationship to yourself and with yourself. And so one of the things I think would be really important before diving deeper into this episode is for you to understand when you are being gaslit or as some articles say gaslighted, which I know sounds really crazy as a or really off as a past tense of gaslight. But that's what the articles have said. So what we're going to do is we're going to drop a link from Psychology Today in the show notes so that you can read this really helpful article that details even more than we did last week on how to know if you're being gaslit. And then we can just jump on in, I think, into you know what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about being in relationship with yourself and how that's super important when it comes to standing your ground. We're going to talk about different strategies to deal with a gaslighter, things that we didn't cover last week. We'll also talk about seven ways of self-protection if you're in the midst of a situation with a gaslighter. And you have to go to our website, lady, herspacepodcast.com, click on Wisdom Wednesday with Terry Patreon, because that way you'll, one, get the video episodes. You can see us. Hey, girl, as we do the episode, right? But then also we have the after show. And in last week's after show, we dove in a bit deeper on how to handle someone that is trying to manipulate you. So even though gaslighting is a form of manipulation, there are distinctions. And 
Don't correct me if I'm wrong, because now I'm starting to confuse myself. But even though gaslighting is a form of manipulation, manipulation is not always a form of gaslighting. Correct? Okay, let's let's clarify that. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so yes. So so yes, gaslighting is a form of manipulation, right? But gaslighting is not the only manipulation tactic, right? Mm-hmm. And if someone is gaslighting you, then yes, that's always, they're always manipulating you in some way. Exactly. It's always, gaslighting is always a form of manipulation. Mm-hmm. But gaslighting is not the only form of manipulation. Right. Okay, well, like self-love and all things related to evolution and progression, it all begins with the person in the mirror. Yes. Us. So yes. when it comes to standing your ground with the gaslighter, we truly believe that it starts with the relationship that you have with yourself. And there are a couple of things that we want to touch on here. The first is trusting yourself, right? Because we know that Ooh. when someone is, okay. already like trust yourself we know that when someone is gaslighting you they are trying to really recreate your experience and recreate the truth recreate what you believe you saw and try to get you to doubt your own reality and I found that in my experience with being gaslit it made me feel as though I was going insane because I did not Mm -hmm. trust myself I felt as though I was questioning myself and that mm-hmm. began to bleed over into other areas of life, right? Like, oh, wait, did, right. I, did I see what I thought I saw? So I think it starts with trusting yourself and just building trust in your ability to remember. So whatever you have to do one-on-one with yourself to know that, wait a second, I do, may I may not have the perfect memory, but I remember things, right? right. I remember things correctly. And I know what my truth is and I'm going to own my truth despite what someone else is trying to say. I know what my truth is and I know what I saw. I know what I heard. I know what I experienced. So I think it all begins there. What do you think about that idea of trusting yourself, Dom? I think that it's hard when you are in the midst of being experiencing gaslighting. That is one of the key components of successful gaslighting is that the person who is being gaslit is now doubting themselves. They are losing trust within themselves. And so, you know, what I've seen is that when someone is experiencing gaslighting, they may have walked into that situation trusting themselves, but the successful gaslighter causes the person to then no longer trust themselves. And so I think when you are in a space where you are experiencing gaslighting, it's a matter of constantly reminding yourself that you are the person to trust, right? Your experience is the thing to trust. But it takes that it takes constant reminding and it takes practice, right? Of like outside of experiences with the gaslighter. You have to be aware of the situ- other situations in which you can trust yourself, right? So for instance, you're in a relationship with someone who's gaslighting you and they're saying and doing things to make you doubt yourself, doubt your instincts, right? When you're on the job or when you are interacting with other friends and family, 
pay attention to, do you trust yourself in those moments? Are you trusting your decision-making in what you're doing on your job? If you're not questioning yourself there, if you're not questioning yourself, you're not doubting yourself in these other situations, let's go back and reflect and look at this relationship because that's probably where your problem is. Hey, hey, lady, this conversation is just getting started. It's going to get so much better. But first, we have a quick update for you from one of our sponsors. So be sure to stay tuned and we'll hop right back into this conversation. I want you to finish this sentence in your mind. I deserve a sex life that is what? What comes to mind? Don't be afraid to say it because whatever it is, you deserve it. And Dipsy can help you get there in new and sexy ways. Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, sexy audio stories designed by women or women. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and realistic characters. Discover stories about second chance romances, adventurous vacation flings, and hot and heavy hookups. For listeners of our show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash herspace. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash herspace. Dipsystories.com slash herspace. All right, let's hop back into the show. That is so powerful, Dom. The only thing I want to add to that is sometimes affirmations are helpful. I know for the longest I stood in the mirror and stated affirmations that I didn't necessarily believe, but I did it because I was trying to build that muscle. So it really is like, it's a process, right? It's like you really building this muscle. And I don't know about you, Dom, but I feel like when it comes to gaslighting, it was so, it impacted me most in intimate relationships. And I experienced the most, I experienced it the most in intimate relationships. And so as we continue to go through these, steps here. I want to give an example shortly about a time when I was in a toxic relationship and something that happened and a theme that I noticed in the relationship. But first, what we want to do is go into number two here mm-hmm. as far as a tip on like trusting yourself, right? And building that relationship with self, the internal dialogue. Yeah. Sometimes as that person is spewing lies, it's important to talk to yourself internally. I used to do this as a kid because I was raised around, you know, verbally abusive adults and sometimes the adults that I grew up around would be out of pocket. Like I'm a teenager, I'm, you know, coming into my own and they would just say some wild shit where I'm like, I'm not no lazy motherfucker or whatever it might be, right? Like, you know how sometimes adults could be out of pocket, Mm y'all, when you're a child, especially. And so I remember them saying things and I couldn't say it out loud. I couldn't say what I wanted to say to them. But as I'm looking at them in my mind, oh, I'm I'm cussing them out in my mind. I'm also telling myself like, that's not true about you. Like you're not lazy, right? You're not this, you're not that. Whatever it might be, you may have to sort of reframe it in your mind and really boost up and turn up that internal dialogue in the moment when you're looking at the person like, you a motherfucking lie. Like, you just know they like, you're like, I know you're, you're gaslighting me right now. But in your mind, you're having the conversation with yourself so that you don't get sucked into their lying ass narrative, for lack of a better word. <laughs> yes, I love what you said, what you call it, their, their lying ass narrative, because that's what it is, right? Exactly. And I think it also goes back to what you pointed out around positive affirmations and speaking positivity into yourself. So that internal dialogue also looks like 
having what we call our Issa Rae moments, right? Where we stand in the mirror and we're like, you a bad bitch, right? Like I'm a baddie, like whatever it is, you know, whatever, whatever words fuel you up. Cause calling yourself a baddie, calling yourself a bad bitch, that might not feel, that might not resonate with you. But whatever it is that you have to say to yourself to build yourself up and to create a constant internal dialogue that is positive, I think that's important. And I think the thing too, I do want to also point out that our internal dialogue, we want to make sure that it's realistic. We don't want to get into, you know, we want to avoid the habit of like, we want to, we don't want to go too far in the positive that it becomes like that toxic positivity that we're not creating room for the reality, but we want to make sure that we're staying in a lane of in general, our internal dialogue is one in which it feeds our soul. It feeds our spirit. It's like. We want our internal dialogue to be like wrapping yourself in a warm blanket on a cold day, right? Like it's just something that is so comforting and feels so good and so soothing. That's what our internal dialogue should feel like. I love, love, love that, Donna. And I like the fact that you pointed out the toxic positivity, which I learned, I think last year, that that is a thing. And so Mm -hmm. for me, what that looks like in action is maybe like, girl, this past week, this past two weeks with the hormones and life, it's, it's been a rough couple of weeks. And I remember having a day where I was like, you know what? I need to have a good cry. And I had my good cry. And one of the things I kept saying to myself was like, I'm having, I'm going through a rough patch, but it's all going to be okay. So like acknowledging the moment, And then also adding in that positivity of like, it's all going to be okay because it always ends up being okay. And I truly believe that everything is working out for my good. And so reminding myself of that, even in the moment, like this is what I'm feeling right now and it's going to get better, right? Yes. Yes. So that takes us on to our next one, which is managing emotions. And I think this Mm. is so important. It is not easy, but it's important. And the example I want to share with y'all is... Ooh, back years, years ago in this toxic relationship, I may have shared this on the podcast before, Dom, but in this toxic relationship with this dude, the relationship was amazing in the beginning, like many, many times it is, right? You go through the honeymoon yep. phase, you get all wrapped mm-hmm. in, you're like, oh, this is great. But I noticed some some red flags throughout the course of the relationship and things began to get more aggressive in the relationship to the point where one day I was like folding clothes on his bed and he got mad about something and came up and like dumped all the laundry out. Now in my mind, I wanted to go off. I wanted to go upside his head. But in the moment, I remember just pausing and like, you know how you, you're in that moment and you're you're heated. Like I'm livid. And you're, mm-hmm. The insides, my insides are flaming. It's like super hot, but I'm like, all right, this is not going to diffuse the situation. It'll make it worse. Now when managing emotions, I think it's important not to get worked up, right? And to remind yourself of the internal dialogue that you're having. And so in a situation like that, in that relationship in particular, I would have situations where something like that would happen. And then days later, the person would say, oh, that didn't happen. Like you, you knocked them over or try to just recreate what actually happened. Mm -hmm. And I believe in those moments when they're gaslighting you, it's also important to manage your emotions and kind of go through what we said today. Like 
trust yourself. I know what happened. I didn't dump out no goddamn laundry that I just folded. So just reminding myself of like, uh-uh, that's not true. That didn't happen, right? So I think that's really, really important because if we match their emotion, because usually the gaslighter is like supercharged up, right? They gotta yes. they gotta add the theatrics to prove like mm-hmm. that didn't happen. That's not true. You know, they want to try to ask, oh, when we call this person to see what they say. And it's like, no, motherfucker, I was there. Like, no, that didn't happen. Right. You know? So yes, right. manage emotions. And I think, and to, to clarify that even further, mm-hmm. right, what managing emotions looks like. So in that that description that you gave, managing emotions also is helping to not escalate the situation, right? But I, I want to clarify that managing our emotions is not denying our emotions, right? Because sometimes when folks hear that, when folks hear, oh, I have to manage my emotions, sometimes folks hear that means... I can't feel it. And I want us to be clear that your feelings are valid. And you can feel everything that you need to feel. It's how is the behaviors that come out that you're speaking to, Terry, right? Of like, okay, this dude is saying some wild ass shit and that I know ain't true. And I feel my tone changing. I feel my body temperature rising, right? Like I feel that anger is starting. Like, like I feel it in my belly and it's starting to rise. And I'm two seconds from going off, reading him for filth. And those feelings are valid. That anger is valid. And we also know that if you express that anger in how it's coming up, that volatility that you are feeling in the moment, it is going to escalate the situation and potentially put both of you in harm's way, right? And so what we do is we have that moment of recognition that, yep, this anger's coming up. I feel it. And so we're going to go back and have that internal dialogue of, but girl, you good. You are above this. You are you are not going to engage in this way. You are going to protect yourself. And we are going to find another way to express those feelings. And we will, once we are removed from this moment, we will release these feelings of anger in a healthy way. Amen to that. And that takes us on to our next tip here, which is to boost your confidence, right? Everything here that we're talking about leads to having confidence in self. And what I've realized, right, as someone who has struggled with low self-esteem, you know, for years and confidence issues, and I've done a lot of work to build that up, I've realized that having confidence, it tends to deter bad behavior. And I didn't realize that my lack of confidence and my low self-esteem, I didn't realize that in some ways it made me a target. Like I didn't realize it until I was out of the situation and had more confidence. I was like, oh, I can eat, like someone could easily interact with me and see how I respond to compliments and see how I engage with other people and how I talk about myself. And that tells them all they need to know on how they can treat me and interact with me. And when you think about it, we really lead the way and set expectations for how other people treat us. And what we allow oftentimes is what's going to continue. It makes me think about this professor I had. Um, there was a virtual class. I had this professor and this professor, 
started the class off strong. I mean, she even her email signature was like, I'm just going to use a different name because I don't want to put her out there. But let's say it was Shauna Davis, let's say. And she said, signed her email, Dr. Sh- Dr. Davis to my students and Shauna to my colleagues. And we started the class and she's like, don't call me Shauna. If you call me Shauna, I will not respond. Once you get your doctorate, you can call me Shauna. But for right now, you call me Dr. Davis. And she's like, cameras on the Zoom session. This is not an online class. This is interactive. She had everybody on their toes. I mean, she was calling on people. So she set the expectation and you could tell that she had confidence. So we knew you don't play with Dr. Davis. Dr. Davis don't play that shit. And when you you show up in a certain way as we're on our confidence journey and we're building it, there are certain things that people just won't even try with you because they'll be like, oh shit. I ain't even going to try it with her because I already know like one, she treats herself with respect. So she's probably going to demand that from me. You know what I mean? So I think right. us working on that confidence journey is really going to also deter a lot of this behavior. And the other thing I want to add, Dom, is don't feel bad if you're on a journey and someone is still trying you, right? Like we're all mm-hmm. a work in progress. And even, I mean, people, people are going to try you. That's just, that's their thing, right? Sometimes it has nothing to do with us, but just what their mission and what their intention is, Right. Yeah. And I think to add to that, I think that there will also be situations that you find yourself in or moments where you find yourself where you feel like, okay, in general, I'm good. My confidence is on a thousand. Right. But it doesn't translate to every situation. So oftentimes when we are in relationship with a gaslighter, chances are We might be able to be confident in every other sphere of our life, except for with that particular person, because more than likely what's happened is that person has found ways to tear you down so that you can show up confident in every other area. But when you get to them, your confidence is out the window. And so then that's when like the trusting yourself and that internal dialogue comes back into play to remind yourself of who you are when you're interacting with that person. That is such a gem, Dom. I'm glad that you made that distinction because we did an episode about confidence and self-esteem, like the difference between them and how it can be situational. You can be confident in one Mm -hmm. area and then not necessarily in the next. I know with me, when I think back to gaslighting, some of the biggest ways that it impacted me, Dom, are me questioning my memory. Like there was a long period of time where I was like, dang, I I accepted the narrative, like, oh, I have a terrible memory. And then one day when I kind of, you know, got out of that mental fog and I was like, wait, one, I get to, I'm I'm the driver of this this vehicle, right? Like yes. Yeah, I'm I'm the driver of this vehicle, the vehicle of me. And I get to decide. So that was the narrative I was accepting. Like we talked about the quote in the quote earlier. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to accept that anymore. So I began to project that you know what? I have a great memory. I remember everything I need to remember and it I lied to you not. When I began to embrace that mantra, I began to remember people's names more. People actually compliment me today and say, oh, wow, you did such a good job of remembering this certain fact or this or my name if we just met. So I think it's all, again, about that internal dialogue. And so one of the things that we want to cover now, we want to dive into some of the strategies to help you deal with a gaslighter. So let's jump on in, Don. Okay. Ooh, all right. So this first one, this first one, 
This first one can be hard if you haven't been doing the internal work, right? But some of these strategies will also help you with the internal work. So they kind of go hand in hand. So this first strategy is listen to their side of the story. Now, lady, I know you're listening to this and you just heard this and you're like, what the fuck? Okay, I'm going to turn the podcast off, right? Right, right. (laughs) But hear us out. Hear us out. So when a person is gaslighting you, they are changing the narrative. They are creating a false reality. So if you are really trying to pull out of this gaslighting, truly listen to their mm-hmm. side of the story. Listen to what they're saying. Take notes. Yes. And the part A to this, ask questions and get specifics, right? So if the narrative that they're telling you is we went to the festival and you were high and drunk. And that's why we got into a fight with that couple behind us. Right? That's the narrative they're telling. Let's say that the reality is that you all got into a fight with a couple behind you because your partner started talking reckless to them. Now, granted, both of y'all had been, you know, indulging in, in the Mary Jane. And both of y'all had been having some alcohol, liquid courage, whatever you want to call it. But notice how in this gaslighting situation, it has now turned to it was your this was your fault. You were high, you were overly intoxicated, and this is why this happened, right? To utilize strategy number one, you're listening to their story and then you start asking specifics. So you start asking, well, how much was I drinking? Mm-hmm. How much marijuana did I have? Can you walk me through what, what was the conversation between us and the couple behind us? Like, can you, right now, I might not be remembering the same way you're remembering. hmm So no, I'm not saying I'm not owning that I have a memory issue. I'm just saying that we don't, we aren't remembering it the same way. Mm -hmm. Can you, can you clarify for me? Can you walk me through what you recall happening and take notes of what they said or the specifics and try to record it if you can, if it's possible. Because what I think this does, Dom, is it gives you an idea of their cards. Like you let them put their cards on the table so you can say, okay, they said I had three drinks. I know I actually only had two. So you're just like taking notes, like, okay, kind of like building a case, kind of like playing their game to see how much detail they're going to provide. It's also interesting to see how they respond when you ask these questions. Usually if someone's telling the truth, it's like, oh yeah, so you had this many drinks, this is what happened. If they start stuttering or they get frustrated because you're asking details, that should give you a sign, right? But I think it's really important to just also like reframe what they're saying so that you understand it, like you understand their lie correctly, right? Because then I think Mm -hmm. one, you're modeling good behavior so that when it's your time to speak and share, 
hopefully they give you the same respect. But I think the main thing for us is to understand what are they saying happened? Take my notes so I keep a record of that. And sometimes this stuff comes up more than once, right? So a month down the line, when they start talking about, oh yeah, remember that time? Because you did this and you started that fight with the couple. You can always go back to your own notes and remember exactly what they said so that when you see the discrepancy, it further leads to you trusting yourself because you're like, yo, this person is, they, they're legit gaslighting. Like it just proves mm-hmm. your personal case internally. So you know that you may have to make a decision, whether it's leaving the relationship, going to counseling or doing something else that can alleviate that situation because no one deserves to be in this in a long-term fashion. Like it's just, it's ridiculous. And the other thing with that too is to, if we're really trying to operate from a healthy space and model, like you said, model healthy communication and engagement, what you know is, hey, I'm, I am recording this, like I'm, whether it's voice recording or writing it down, because I'm recognizing that we're having discrepancies mm-hmm. and I want to make sure that we're on the same page. And so I'm taking notes so that we can be, we can both be clear that this is this is what's happened yes and the recording it don't lie so that takes us on to number two which we kind of touched on earlier which is remain calm and stay silent during their outbursts i believe that this allows you to again collect more information but you just let them let them talk and have their way you're like okay just sit back like okay and again you're having that internal dialogue yourself right remaining calm so that you can kind of diffuse the situation versus escalating mm-hmm. because they probably are super theatrical and over the top with this. Also staying silent and being calm because a lot of times they are doing it for a reaction. They want you to begin to panic and question yourself. And that's not true. That didn't happen. And once you do that, then they can, they may try to remain calm at times and then call you out on your air quotes, erratic behavior. But I know it's Mm -hmm. easy to become erratic when someone is lying on you about what you've done and what you didn't do. That shit like that. Yeah. That will make and me. So, oof. It will. It will bring yes. you there, right? It will pull yeah, you out of easy. yourself. And in those moments, you want to ground yourself. So that mm-hmm. might mean taking a few deep breaths. It might mean having a mantra to like sit to calm yourself, to soothe yourself, right? So identifying what that mantra might be. Like, I am present. I am in full mind, body, and spirit. So identifying whatever that mantra is to like calm you down, to recenter yourself. And the thing is, is that if you're calm and they and you continue to be calm, it is going to be hard for them to continue to be on a thousand when you are remaining calm. I will say that sometimes that might further infuriate them. Because, again, like you pointed out, Terry, they're wanting you. They're wanting to pull you into this. Right. Continue to remain calm. And if they pull you, you know, they keep trying to pull you out. Just know. I'm calm because I want to hear you out. I want to make sure that I am fully present for hearing your side of things. And that may mean like this remaining calm, like you said, Tara, can be incredibly hard to do in the moment. And so in addition to the deep breathing, it's also good to kind of remind yourself that staying calm is going to keep you safe. And if it gets to a point where you staying calm, 
you no longer feel safe, it's okay to, to leave that situation. And figuring out, identifying for yourself what that means to safely leave the situation. I recognize that some of us don't have good relationships with the police, you know, and how that is with our, how police interact with our community. And so identifying what is the thing that, what is your method for maintaining safety? And that leads us to our last one here, which is if it feels appropriate and, you know, when you think about your intention, I want you to think about your intention before you dig into number three, but it's pull up receipts or your proof, whatever proof you have, whether it's a voice recording or notes that you've taken and like a journal or something. And some people say, call them in, call them out, say something, let them know, like, Mm -hmm. Hey, I don't know if you're familiar with gaslighting, but this is the definition. And I feel as though I'm being gaslit right now. Right. So you can use your I statements versus you. Cause you know, people get super defensive. You were like, you're gaslighting me. Right. So, Hey, I feel like I'm being gaslit right here. Let me tell you why you can show Mm -hmm. your receipts and see how they respond. Right. I think it's really important to confront the behavior because it leads back to that confidence. When we speak up for ourselves and we let them know we're on to them, they, often end up finding a new victim because they know, crap, I can't play this game with her, right? Like I got to do this with someone else. Right. And I think it's also important to, as you're pulling up receipts and proof, to not say you're a liar Mm -hmm. or I think you're lying, right? When you're pulling up the receipts and proof, you're not using that language. You're saying, remember when we talked, when we previously talked about I wanted to make sure I was make, keeping documentation so that I made sure that we are on the same page. I'm concerned that we're not on the same page right now. Here's some more information. Here's what we previously, how we previously talked about this. Here's the, mm-hmm. here's the recording. Here's the notes that we previously, when we previously talked about this situation. But the key is to remember to not Like as you're pulling up your receipts, we're not, even though, let's be real, technically we are saying you lying. Technically, that's what we're saying. However, when we are dealing with a gaslighter who being confronted can cause some emotional volatility in that person, right? Or cause some defensiveness to come up. Our goal always when interacting with the gaslighter is not to escalate the situation. And so we're not going to use the language, you lying, or I think you're a lying ass motherfucker. Like you, even if that might be your internal dialogue, that is not what you're going to say out loud. Amen. That's on point. I appreciate you sharing that, Dom. We do want to talk about a couple strategies of self-protection and we're only going to like touch on them from a high level. And then we're going to jump into the after show and talk a bit more about them. But you can also take a look at the Psychology Today article in the show notes. But I would say that my top two, if I had to choose like two ways of self-protection, you cover one now, Dom, which is don't tell the gaslighter they're lying, right? Because then, of course, mm-hmm. that presents a whole other path of them being defensive and all that. I would say the first one is to stop and think. I think that's really important. Right here, the article says, this is one way to resist the attempt to be influenced. So instead of just going along with what you're hearing, stop and thinking for yourself, right? That's really important. And I think the other is to 
It says given to avoid the hard time with the gas from the gaslighter. I've definitely found myself giving into things or I don't even give in is such it's a tough one for me because I get they think I'm giving in, but internally I already know what's up. So it's like you right. make them think that you're giving in. And then on the back end, that's where I'm making decisions like, okay, yeah, we're going to have to change the dynamics of this relationship, or I'm going to have to limit my time with this person, depending on, you know, if it's like a family member or something like that. So those I would say are my two like favorites from this article. Yeah. I think for that one about the giving in, I think it's, it's important to highlight that that is not your all, that is not going to be your always go-to method. Right. And that the the biggest key is that you still know the reality. Yes. You are giving in to avoid the hard time, but you are not giving in does not mean is not to be equated with. I believe. Yes. The I'm excusing. Yes, exactly. exactly. Or you're excusing the behavior. So it could literally be you them saying whatever their lie is and you saying, oh, okay. Cause you're done, like you're finished having the back and forth and it's like, oh, yes. okay. And on the inside, you're like, this motherfucker think I'm crazy. They think that I believe. And you having your own dialogue and you're making your plan of whatever's going to keep you safe and sane. So yes, thank you for making that distinction, Dom. It's definitely not excusing the bad behavior or letting, or telling them that you believe the lie. Yeah. I think, you know, looking at this list, I think like the one I pointed out about yeah. not telling, that's, that's my main one right like not yeah. actually using the words that they are lying right mm-hmm. and that they are it's in how we communicate we can we can communicate their lying without directly saying that they're lying and then but the other thing that i think is really the tip that i think that is really important is and which will get you through all the other tips is you holding on to what you know is true, mm-hmm. right? That recognizing that what this person's saying is an attempt to pull you out of your reality. And you constantly reminding yourself that X is what I know is true. Y is what I know to be true. So that you don't get pulled into their gaslighting that you stay firmly grounded in. I know the sky is blue. They might be telling me right now that the sky is purple. And I might say, okay, but I will hold on to, and my internal dialogue is going to be, Girl, you know that sky is blue. You know what it is. <laughs> you you know exactly what it is. Come on. Now, Dom, I have a question for you that I want to discuss in the after show. I want to I want to know how, what what you think people should do when the gaslighter tries to turn it on them. So let's say, for instance, someone is not they they just weren't aware of the tip of not calling them a liar. But once they call them a liar, now the gaslighter is like, well, why are you calling me names? And now they try to make it about the other person to divert their attention. So I want to talk about that in the after show. But really quick, lady, we have three 
relatively new five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. So I want to call out Jay Bean's mom who said that she just started listening and she only listened to two podcast episodes, but she is loving it so far. Hey girl, thank you for the support. Thank you for leaving a review. We have Let Love who said literally one of my favorite podcasts for women, especially black women. And then we have Brianna. We appreciate you, Brianna. She says she loved the podcast from the first episode. If you are listening, lady, and you got any value or a fresh perspective or something from this episode, please consider going to Apple Podcasts, Spotify reviews, leaving us a five-star review because we are a Black-owned, Black-founded, Black-funded podcast, okay? And when you leave us reviews, it helps other women like you find the podcast, okay? So help sisters out, y'all. This is for us. We do this for us, okay? So help us out. Make sure you tune into the after show by visiting our Patreon and we will see you next week. Same time, same place. Hey lady, it's Dr. Dom here from the Cultivating Her Space podcast. Are you currently a resident of the state of California and contemplating starting your therapy journey? Well, if so, please reach out to me at drdominiquebroussard.com. That's D-R-D-O-M-I. N-I-Q-U-E-B-R-O-U-S-S-A-R-D.com to schedule a free 15-minute consultation. I look forward to hearing from you. Thanks for joining us today. Please note that our show may contain conversations about self-help, advice, self-empowerment, and mental health but is by no means meant to be a substitute for an ongoing formal relationship with a trained mental health provider. If you or someone you know is in need of mental health care, please visit the Therapy for Black Girls directory, Psychology Today, or contact your insurance provider. If you liked what you heard and want to keep the conversation going, connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at HerSpacePodcast. Or check out our website at herspacepodcast.com. And before we meet again, repeat after me. I attract abundance and prosperity with ease.